It's been an incredible journey that you've had, but were there any other options? Or was it purely motorsport in your head? Or did you think, I could be an astronaut, I could be a postman? Like, was there anything else that interested you out there? I believe I have enough uh, driving skills to be a postman, so I could, Very quick one. <laughs> I could do this job as well, but uh, of course I really targeted to be a professional driver. We did something together with Mikko and I've seen his name on Finnish Junior Championship events, but honestly when I went to airport to go to that Italy trip, I had to buy a Finnish motorsport magazine to see a picture of Mr. Hirvonen to find him from the airport. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. That's how, that's how it started. Welcome to WRC Backstories, our exclusive World Rally Championship podcast presented by Bex Williams. Hello everyone and welcome to the final WRC Backstories podcast of the 2021 season. As it's a whopper at just over two hours in length, I'm going to keep this intro quite brief. But I would like to say a huge thank you to everyone who's listened this year, everyone who shared the podcast. It's been great to get your feedback and I'm really delighted that you're enjoying the more in-depth background info on our WRC collective. So, our victim today... Well, with over 200 WRC events under his belt, 18 wins and 67 podiums, Yari Matti Lapala can certainly say that he's done plenty within WRC. But he had a huge new challenge this year, and that was taking on the role of team principal at Toyota. A big step up, and there's lots to discuss throughout his whole career. So let's get started with the final podcast of this year. We are crossing out now to Japan, and it's the first time I get to say that on this podcast because everyone is normally kind of European-based. But this time we're traveling across the time zones to catch up with Yari Matti Lapala. We've given him the big build-up, and now we head out to Japan. Yari Matti, how are you doing? It's so good to see you after Rally Monza. I know it's only a week ago, but it was so busy there. We barely got to catch up there. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm doing good. It was... Um... How would I describe it? It's been very hectic also for, for me in that sense that after Monza, um, flew back home in Finland. I stayed there maybe uh, 12 hours and then immediately to, to, to Japan and arrived to Japan. So we had no, we had no time to celebrate the, the manufacturer championship and the driver's championship titles. And when I got in Japan, I've been in a quarantine. So... Then I have had time, but uh, I've been quite quite lonely. So there is not so much to to celebrate when you once you are alone. <laughs> yeah, celebrating on your own is a it's a little bit depressing, isn't it? But yes. it, it was it was such a quick turnaround because I think the the team had a charter flight out of Monza on the Sunday night. You were all gone, and it was like oh, these boys haven't had time to to let their hair down and celebrate what they've achieved, but. There's testing to be done, Yari Matti. It's a lot of work before Monte Carlo, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Our guys, drivers, were just heading to the new, uh, to the test because obviously we are <clears throat> quite in a tight schedule now with the new cars, uh, which will be launched next year. And uh, and when the homologations needs to be decided, so basically when you when you build a car and uh, you choose to have the parts for it, then it's difficult to change after it. It's yeah. like you have these chokers, which you can use, but they are quite limited. So like already on the first year, it's difficult to do big changes. So you have to be very careful 
when you homologate the car that everything goes correct. And that's why, you know, the testing is now so important. I think we would have had maybe a little more break if uh, we had continued with the same cars, but now with the new generation cars coming up, so then everything is just pushed, pushed hard uh, towards the next testing and next event. You will celebrate, though. There is a big Christmas party, I hear. So some champagne will be drunk at some point and maybe some dancing. Maybe. I know how you love to dance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, my colleague, Joho Hanninen, he's, he's a star with the dancing. And yeah? He's, ah. he's uh, much better than I am. So, uh, <laughs> But yes, we can have on 18th of, uh, of December, we are planning to have in Finland. In Laajavuori, where it used to be, you oh, know, yeah. the old, old headquarters for Rally Thousand Lakes. Yes, yeah. So there was the idea to have a Christmas party over there. And so then that would be that would be a really nice time to, to celebrate it and have all the people together. And we have, there will be some activities, you know, also arranged there for the daytime. So Oh, that'd be great. That, sound, that sounds great. Now, let, let's crack on into this podcast because we, we've spoken to lots of people on this podcast, Thierry Matty. Actually, the last person was Julian Ingrassia. And, and that was two hours long when we talked about wow. his life. He can, <laughs> he can talk. And now I know you can talk as well. So I'm going to try and condense it down a, a little bit for you because I know you have other things to do. You're a busy man. So first of all, let's start off by you telling me how you would describe yourself, how you would describe Yari Matty in three words only. Friendly. Um, analyzing, how you say this word? Uh, analytical. Analytical, yes. And... Uh, I would say um, passionate. Yeah, they, they, those are really good words, actually, to describe yourself. I totally agree. Absolutely, 100%. Now, when we spoke to, to Julian, um, it was really fascinating because he had absolutely no motorsport in his background whatsoever. His family never spoke of motorsport. They never really watched it. It was only in school when a friend of his was was doing some very small rallies that this kind of this passion for motorsport appeared and he would go and watch with his as he described with his pack of beer and some sandwiches he would go and watch his friend uh, but for you that's a different story isn't it but I want to know about you growing up growing up young in Finland Yari Matti surrounded by motorsport surrounded by rally Finland you could, that's the national sport and it was such a heyday back then when you were younger what was that like yeah well my father has been a rally driver and he started rallying in 1981. And basically on my childhood, when I remember being a young boy, my very first memories is, is about my father rally driving and a rally car. And um, actually the very first views, what I remember from the childhood is that uh, there was one morning when my father was little bit uh, stressed and he said I would like to so much drive the next event but I have nobody there to fix the car and no mechanics now to fix the car so then I because we were living in the we had a house and a workshop 
in the in the same building mm-hmm. and uh, then I remember I just ran to the to the workshop and I took the closest tool what I found and I went to the to the rear suspension of the car and and, and tried to do something I was three years old and my, my three my mom, yes yes and my mom has taken a picture of that so it's a, it's actually on the on the book uh, which I published in Finland in Estonia mm-hmm. uh, Estonia this year and Finland last year so uh, but that was the passion I had already you know when I was young I, uh, for the rally and I remember going to the school when I was seven years old uh, that in Finland the school was starting in the mid-August and and rally Finland rally of thousand legs was driven back then always at the at the end of the uh, August. So um, being in the first week at school, I, I actually asked from the teacher that, can I be away from the school? I need to go to Rally Finland. And she, was, she, she went quite quiet and yeah, I guess it's fine. <laughs> she, she was a bit surprised because it was already first week and I was already asking a day off from the school. So, because my father was driving, that was in back in 1992, mm. and um, that was a really important moment to get first time in Rally Finland, Rally Thousand, mm. Rally of Thousand Lakes. And of course, I my my favorite that time was Juha Kankkunen, so I could see him uh, driving. So that was an important important moment. But yeah, basically, rallying has been all all there with uh, my life from the from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't believe you, you know, you grabbed a spanner at three years of age and <laughs> trying to fix the suspension. That's that's quite incredible. What about other things in school? Was there anything else that held an interest for you um, in, in school? We, I can imagine you were pretty good in school, you know. Yeah, it was um, It was funny because in, in, in my first, like, when I was in the first years at school, I would say I was average. But I had quite a lot of energy, and uh, I was a little bit un- unpatient uh, that time. And uh, I remember, you know, when I was around my father and uh, his co-driver and the mechanics, and I was telling, I want to be a rally driver, and uh, I don't need to go to school. I don't need school. I just want to be a rally driver. And I, I remember them saying to me, but Yarimat, remember, the other subjects are not so important, but you have to be able to speak English when you if you want to be a top rally driver, that you have to learn. You have to learn the English. Otherwise, you can't, you can't make it. And those words actually were left very deeply in my mind. And uh, I think I, when I was on, on the third grade, then I started to, when the English actually started, that was the, in Finland, when you're third grade, you started to learn English. And uh, that was the time when I started to actually not only uh, take seriously the English, but also the other subjects. Then I really started to make more effort for the school. I started to play also same time ice hockey, which was bit taking away the energy, the extra energy what I had. So I would say then, then he was balancing out my, my childhood and the numbers at the school started to grow up, go up. And, and also I had good, good time in the ice hockey. So, that kept going until really I was until I was like on the ninth grade mm. when I when I was coming to 16 years old. And then we had a we knew that when in 16, when you were in Finland, you could start 
small motorsport events, rally events, called rally sprints, which are like a single venue events, which driven uh, alone and and on the on the road, which is closed, and you practice it by foot or or bicycle, and that's where we where it was like a like a bit like a turnover. That was in two thousand one. Wow, I mean, you know, success. Uh, it, the world stage came really quite quickly for you, didn't it? When you, when you look back and how quickly, a bit like Kalirov and Pera now, how quickly you were kind of catapulted onto the world stage. But, you know, I want to know about the first time you ever got into a rally car and drove. How old were you then and what was that car? Um, I was, um, when I was four years old, I had, um, I had like a go-kart, plastic go-kart which yeah. was a Finnish product made to, to drive like uh, uh, in uh, uh, off-road terrain and um, with a grass cutter engine. And I was driving with that in our parents' company yard until I was eight years old. And then my father bought me the Ford Escort Mark Mark One. It was an like autocross car. And um, okay, I couldn't really... Uh, get up to the steering so we had to put the foam you know on the seat to, to lift me up and try to bring the seat as close as possible the car without the power steering was very heavy to drive uh-huh. and it was not easy also the the rear differ- rear differential was completely solid making it all of understeering and uh, which was not easy for me to drive so I drove it but then when I was nine years old my father changed me the Sunbeam Avenger yeah which was uh, which I have in my rally museum and uh, that was the proper first rally car and uh, it was so much easier to drive he had two seats I could take somebody with me and and that was really nice I was driving with that in the in a company yard but one time the speed started to go higher and higher then I in our, our company yard, we had a lot of different machines, earth movers, combine harvesters, and I hit the combine harvester mm. and, and, and hit quite heavily on the front. Okay, so nothing, nothing serious happened, but of course we had to change the front, uh, uh, front wing and the door. And back then, I think my father started to think that, okay, maybe it's start to be a little bit too dangerous to drive in a the, in the company yard. So then we went to the frozen ice lake when I was like nine years old and we started to practice over there. Uh, and then, but th- that is the moment, you know, when I was 10 years old, I had an Opel Ascona P, old Group A Ascona. And uh, going to the first car time on the road, that was amazing. Closed road. I could drive on the, on the, on the road and I had a, my father's mechanic in the car and of course he was trying to a little bit teach me and I think on the first round we, we went far in the snow into the ditch <laughs> when I, I just couldn't understand how fast I can go to the corner but but when we pull it out and we keep driving I think then the rest of the rest of the day was uh, was going well but it was so nice it was an incredible feeling to be on the road you know that ah first time to drive somewhere else that you know on, on the on the lake or then just on the company yard you know you could see the proper road 
and you were 10. I mean, there's going to be people listening to this who are maybe in their 20s, just starting a rally career thinking, oh, it's over. <laughs> he was driving yeah. at 10 years of age. How can we compete with that? But it, it, it's so different for, for so many people. What, what were your parents thinking? Because obviously your father competed and, you know, mm. he would see his son and think, yes, Yari Matty is going to be a driver. What was your mum thinking? Was she happy with what was going on with you driving? Or did she think, ah, another person with a car obsession? I can't cope with this. Um, actually, no, mum was quite okay. But it was like this, that my father was arranging me the rally things. And my mother was taking me to the ice hockey uh, okay. practices and to the games. My mother was more on that side. So that was all the time, like that it was not only up it actually it was not only about rallying that time it was still you know doing something something playing the ice hockey was very important and uh, so it was not that we we didn't it at, back then it was not like um systematically uh designed that okay now we do this amount of practice uh per day and and then by this you know you get uh forward and by that age you could be on the top it wasn't so plan it was more mm. about that you know i could experience the driving and, and have fun um but i remember that, that my mom was she was all the time okay uh, then when i was 16 years old uh, we you couldn't get the light uh motor motorbikes uh, license in finland for one two five cc and uh, I basically, my father was against because he had been a little bit crazy himself uh, in a young hood uh, when he had a motorbike. But I just insisted my mom because I need it because I want to get one, uh, one place to another. In Finland, when you have a, you don't have so much, su such a great pu public transportation. So I wanted, to, I wanted to start driving and getting places to myself. And, mm. and then I basically, I went through my mom and I, I got finally sort of like acceptance from my father that I could get the license. And it was only that I could, I could move and um, I could travel a bit. And uh, so that was a time only when I could feel we had to, <laughs> had to, you had to, let's say, try to use, use, use my mother help <laughs> to get something through what I wanted. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, uh, generally, generally speaking, I, 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 must, I was very happy with, with, when I was a child, you know, I had a really nice time doing li li uh, different kind of uh, uh, activities, you know, we had a group of good friends, we were playing uh, this ice hockey and uh, I think then we have some other, other things at the, like at the summertime and playing with the bicycles and things like that. Mm. How, so, close, how close were you to being maybe to, to pursuing the ice hockey? Was it always going to be motorsport or was there part of you thinking, oh, maybe I could be, this could be a profession here in the ice hockey. Were you good? I was, I was not, I say I was quite good, um, quite okay with the skater, but I was not, not the great player, but I was a very hardworking player. So that was taking me quite, quite much forward. But I remember we went to we went to the sixth form high school, mm -hmm. uh, and it was just, we basically applied to the, the special unit, the, the sport high school, and that was the first year when they had the 
taking in ice hockey players and and I wanted to get there there was nothing else I wanted I wanted to get in a sport high school and then you know people coming from different parts of Finland and um, I remember when we were there and um, preparing one of the trainings and we were discussing something about the future and I told them that I'm, I'm here to play hockey but I'm not my plan is not to be a professional player I'm, I want to be a professional rally driver everybody went silent and then they were like I, I don't if I use the swear word uh, I don't want to use the swear word but basically they were swearing that what I'm thinking why I'm here what what I do here yeah so this is um that sounds stupid you know why you come to the ice hockey ice hockey um sport high school if you are going to be a rally driver and they were difficult to understand that for me it was only that I wanted to I felt that in in the sport high school you could get uh, flexibilities and I played the first year I played uh, fully still ice hockey when I was 16 but on the second year in the high school um I stopped playing uh, games I, I did some practices but then my rally carry started to get over and uh, actually it was good that I was in the sport high school because then I had to already be quite a lot away from the school and then I could extend it that normally you know you do the high school in Finland for three years so I did uh, then I did it for four years so this was the really good thing that I was over there because rally took over uh and give me the opportunity to we to be away from the school because when i was 17 we already i came to uk to the drive driving license and start competing uh in uk yeah that was a big decision to to come to the uk and and how did that come about where did that idea come from how did that start um so i told earlier about these rally sprints which i have been driving yeah and um that started when I was 16, so on, on May 2001, we started to do the first, first races. And um, basically with the success I did during the months, May, June, July, August, um, was bringing an attention to, to my manager, who was later my manager, Timo Jouki. But so Timo Jouki, uh, of course, was organizing a test session for the young drivers mm-hmm. on September 2001. And there were different drivers chosen to that. For instance, Mikko Hirvonen was there and then myself. And I was chosen because of the results, what I have done in the rally sprints. And um, that was a two-day test sessions in, in Uvascula. There was... Um, First, we did the interviews and uh, uh, different discussions on the first day. And then the second day, we had the, the driving sessions with two different, two different roads. And um, obviously, the best from the, from the test was Mikko. And Timo took uh, Mikko on board and started to build up his, his carry. But Timo had had eye on me and he caught very interested of me because I remember he said to my father but after the test he said I never work with such a young drivers but I think Yarimatti has potential and we can we have to figure it out but if we could because his age is a problem 
he can't start driving in in Finland rallies until you know it takes two years. Mm. But I will figure out something. You know, if we could get him to to UK, um, there is maybe possibility to start one year earlier. So then there weren't some months by, and then Timo Timo came came back, and he said, "I've been now." Uh, doing a bit of a work and uh, I realized now you could have you could go to UK to drive the driving license you go to leave Penti Airikkala who is an extra rally driver you go to, to leave his place and his son Nico Airikkala will take care of you with uh, with a driving license and with uh, with a with a practice and and uh, all the paperwork and Penti will give you some also some uh some uh, lecture with the, with the driving. So you will practice driving techniques with him. So that came on the, on the April, 2002. So then I, I, I said at school that, you know, now I have to go, it's very important. So I took, I don't know, was maybe 10 days, 10 days away from the school. And I flew to UK and then we started to, the process over there. I did practice. In the Penti school, and and then I did um, uh, driving with the with the with the road car uh, for for the license. And I remember that they say that normally you should do thirty hours of of practice for the driving before you can go to the to take um, uh, the the test uh, to get the license. Yeah. So, but because I had the school, so I had to go back to Finland. And um, then I was maybe one, two weeks back in the school, then fly again to the UK to do more driving. And I think I did then the theory test. Uh, yeah, and yeah you would do, yeah. Yes, I, I remember the first time my English wasn't still that, that great. And, and Nico was giving me the highway code and try to, at, at, you read this and you learn everything from that. And I, I kept reading and I, I say to him, I, I can't get it. I, I'm not ready with this. I, is there anything that I can practice? You know, what is the questions going to be? Is there something, you know, that I can practice them, these questions? And then he found me a book where all these kind of questions, what is asked in a, in a theory test. Uh, and I started to learn those. And I, I did a lot of work in a small uh, bed and breakfast hotel in Maidenhead. Uh, and... Uh, then we went to the theory test and actually, yeah, I passed it on the first time and we were so, so happy getting it through. Then back to Finland, then um, a couple of weeks again in Finland and then back to UK. And then we took the, the driving test. And uh, I always remember how nervous I was because I know I knew that Lotte is depending on it because if we get, get it through, then we can get the, you know, the, the season starting in yeah. the UK. And that was on, on, on May. I don't remember the exact days, but um, anyway, we, I managed to, to get, it, get it through. I, I think it went quite well. There was a couple of mistakes I did. Didn't wait enough on one junction, car coming to the left, so I turned it, it too, too early in front of him. And uh, <laughs> then, <laughs> then, uh, and then we did that. Then we also, we, we knew that we need a competition license. When I got the driving license, okay, then we also went to do a little course, little test with the, um, you, again, for the, for the national license to get the national P license to start. So we did a um, little, little course. Um, 
I remember that there I had a small small problem on the on the first test because uh, I didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't pass it on the first time because I had a misunderstanding with one question. Okay. And, and uh, so then I, but you could do it quite soon. Uh, you could renew it quite soon after. So I then it was fine on the second time. And um, then we already were planned that Penty um, had started to organize around uh, things uh, in UK and he had to find a team um, ask it out of, uh, out of sport. Mm-hmm. And Timo, Timo had organized a car group and Renault Clio in the meantime, which was sent to UK uh, from France. And, and when I had all these licenses now done, there was already a car. And I think I then went again back to Finland. But the school was ending at the end of the May. The summer, ho- summer holiday break was starting beginning of June in Finland. So then I came back and we had, then I knew that it was a bit easier because I have a summer holiday. So uh, then we did a little bit testing with the car. Um, Timo Joki had, uh, with, with, together with, uh, with Pentiarika, they have been considering a go-driver and then they have found a Steve Harris. Mm-hmm. I'm me. seeing that from, that I'm just looking driver. at your, I'm looking at your stats from that year. <laughs> it's amazing how many rallies you did in that year, Yari Mati. Yes. Yeah, it's because we only started the National Scottish Rally 2002 where we started. So we're trying to do, you know, rallies all the time. And the purpose was that we're trying to get, you had always, when you finished the event, you got signatures. And you had, you had to have a six signatures to apply for the international competition license. Yeah. And that was the time we had to get it that done that we could get at the end of the year for Wales Rally GP. And you did 14 in total, including Rally GB. You did 14 rallies. Yes, which is only in six what? months. Yeah, I mean, it must have just been a constant whirlwind of, <laughs> of, of learning. And you had two different co-drivers. You mentioned Steve, then Carl Williamson came on board then, and that's who you did Wales Rally GB with, or the Network Q Rally of Great Britain, as it was known yes. then. Yes. <laughs> uh, tell me about that experience, stepping up into, well, to, you know, into the world level, because that was so early on in your career. That's the first year of you properly competing and there you are in a WRC event that must have been a bit surreal right how old were you you were 17 17 yes yes wow (laughs) okay I think I would say now I tell you that if I compare to WRC these these days back then I felt there was a little bit more glory yeah, uh, we were in a Cardiff city. You know, the cars were yeah. lined up in the city. You had the fireworks there. You had a lot of people around, and you started with that. You know, going to the then from the city to the towards the first stage. Yeah. And then yeah. all the cars were lined up. There was Marcus Grohl, Colin McRae, Richard Burns, Carlos Sainz, uh, Tommy McInnes. You name it. Everybody, all the top drivers back then, they were there. Valentino Rossi. And, and my number in the rally was 35. And all the cars in front of me were world rally cars, 34 world rally cars. I was with the Mitsubishi Lanza Evo 6, which was 
group N, but modified to group A ends in that we could start in a, group, a WRC class. Mm-hmm. And the guy starting behind me was Valentino Rossi. So you had 35 World Rally cars line up in the. So that's where the difference is these days. You know, we have around 10 maximum, maximum 15. That's where we are nowadays. And, and you would think back then how many cars you had six different teams. Yes. Yeah, I remember it well. I mean, I, I remember at the time because that was the first year. 2002 was the first year of Rally Radio um, existing. Okay. So okay. um, I, I remember that Wales Rally GB well. And, you know, there were only kind of three or four of us that worked on the radio and trying to keep track of all these World Rally cars and kind of, you know, get to know everybody as well yes. was, was extremely difficult at the time. But I know what you mean about the glory. It's because there were so many and so many legends who were there who were able yes. to compete because the cars were available. Nowadays, you know, you can't re- you can't get a privateer, essentially, Toyota Yaris, or you could, but mm-hmm. it's exceptionally expensive to do it. It's just yes. the availability is not the way it was then. There were more world rally cars, more choice, more possibilities. Yes, it, um, it was, yeah. It was basically like the W at the price level with the world rally cars back then was like WRC two cars these days. Yes, yeah. So they were maybe a bit higher than that, but the cars were not that expensive as these these days. Yeah. So like you said, that's why there was there were six car manufacturers. So for sure there was more available and three always three manufacturer drivers per team. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of people, and I, I yeah I. I, I love what we have now and I, I'm not I'm not the kind of person that looks back with rose tinted lenses and says that was the best time ever because I believe the present is always mm-hmm. the best that, that we're yes. in. But I do, you know, you always look back with, with fond memories of that time and, you know, that year in particular. And for you, it must have been just so incredible to be surrounded by those people and to be where you were. How did the event go for you? Yeah, Um Still going a little bit back to that uh, fireworks in Cardiff City. You, that was the last rally for Juha Kankunen as a works driver. And it was so great to be there with the Juha. You know, I remember the same time watching the fireworks. Also, the last that was the last rally for Kenneth Eriksson as a, as a works driver, which was my first event. And I think it was also probably it was the last event for François de la Cour, if I remember correctly. Uh, no, no, Fran- no, Franco was driving later, or did he? I'm not completely sure. But uh, so then I would say in early 2000, the rally was living, let's say, I say, yeah, the times are different now. They are, they are great times. But back then, why I'd say, you know, the glory was because you had so many teams mm-hmm. and there were so many manufacturer drivers, so many drivers who were paid for the drive yeah so anyway and uh going i remember going to the first stage driving in the small roads in the through the villages in um in wales going to the stage called brehva brehva um, yes and uh i all the rallies up to that point i had done in uk they've been not so muddy they've been quite dry conditions the grip had been quite good that when I went to the first state, I was really amazed how it's so wet and muddy over here in the forest. 
the temperature was Wales. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> then, because I had been like in the end of the end of the August, very early of September, I had done done a plains rally in in a in a Duffy Forest area, mm. and there been this was dry condition, high creep, but obviously there was couple of months later and the temperature had gone down and and uh, roads were quite sleepy and, and especially Prehva and then the second stage Strauskoid they were both really like a slimy surface and um, then I remember starting the stage and uh, because in the previous night actually we had done this super special stage in the uh, Cardiff, Cardiff uh, industrial area yes I, I was together that. with Valentin Valentino Rossi and Rossi won. I lost to Rossi. And then I wake go to the last first date and I was thinking that it's quite exciting to see now how the Rossi will do. And uh, the first date was really difficult. It was a lot more difficult than I could imagine. And, and, and I couldn't find a creep and, and I feel the feel like it was the car felt heavy and uh, I had not driven in conditions like that ever before. But at the end of the stage, uh, we got through the stage, which was really, really good. But R Rossi didn't come anymore. Rossi had retired on the first stage. Yeah, he, he, didn't, he didn't last very long, did he, sadly, on that event. Yes. And back then, you didn't have Super Rally. Mm. I mean, you were out. When you were out, you were really out. And, like, it was really a shame for him because, you know, it was no damage, but you got stuck a little bit in the ditch and no spectators and your rally was over. You couldn't even continue the next day. But that's how it was back then. And um, then on the second stage, I already had a moment in Drauskoid. Uh, I, my driving style was back then already aggressive. And I was drawing a car uh, a lot. And I remember there's like a, almost like a happy ride. Uh, over crest, it started like almost like flat over the crest and then tightens to the hairpin. And on the crest, I was already throwing the car sideways a bit too early and I went off the line, I went to the mud and I ended up in the ditch. But luckily, but there was nothing, you know, and no, no damage on the car. But, and I remember going to the reverse gear and I was like scared that if we get stuck and I was so relieved, you know, when I could reverse it out. Mm. And uh, then continue the stage. We had a, Let's say this way that I had quite, I had been doing the national events, I've been doing quite well. So of course I was expecting that, you know, I could maybe, you know, it would be nice to see that how well I could do. And, and the hopes were maybe a bit higher than I thought. But like on the end of the stages, you know, if you do 20 kilometer states and you lose like to the fastest time, you lose over the minute. It was a bit disappointing. <laughs> I, I love the fact that your expectations were really high, though. <laughs> what, what was the relationship like? Because you mentioned you Kankin in a few times now. But, you know, you're a very young driver coming into the WRC. Was he aware of you? Had you talked? What, what was the relationship like at that point? Yes, Johan was aware who I was um, because we had the same manager, Timo Jouki. So Timo had also told, told all the drivers, uh, these current drivers, you know, that the, these youngsters are coming on board. So yeah. that rally was also the first, uh, sorry, was it the first? Or, no, it was the first world championship rally for Mikko Hirvonen with the world rally car. Mikko yeah. had done a few events before me, but this was the 
the event now with the Super World Rally car he was uh, in. So then, of course, they also, the other drivers knew that uh, Mikko and me were the youngsters there for the first time. And it was like, it was very, for me, as a young kid and, and being a fan of Juha, you know, if Juha was giving me a little bit of attention and saying some words, I felt so good about it. I was so proud, you know, that these drivers were talking. Also, Markus Granholm came to talk to me and I was really impressed, you know, they're talking to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's no, like I... you're a young boy in a candy shop, you know. Absolutely. I could completely understand that. You know, you're surrounded by all these legends and the Finnish legends, the guys you've grown up, yes. you know, not worshipping is the, is the wrong word, but respecting. And, and all of a sudden you're there, you're competing alongside them and they're coming to chat with you about, you know, how was your setup for that stage? And how yes. did you think about that? And you're like, wow. <laughs> it was impressive, honestly. It was. I bet. I can really uh, imagine that. But for sure back then you were more like I knew um, you know the you knew the Finnish let's say that you could talk with the Finnish uh, works drivers but okay I didn't talk at that back, back then you know Carlos Sainz or Colin McRae or Richard Burns they were big stars but you know it was a bit of like uh, more difficult to, to approach them than, mm. than the fin Finns so then it was only later when I started to have a bit more discussion with these other legendary drivers. But back to that event, um, it was, I remember when we did the first day, any of the rallies what I had done up to that point was never that long. And I remember being really tired after the, fir after the first day, really, really tired. And then we could only sleep maybe six, seven hours and then continue. And the morning, the tiredness in the morning, it was amazing how tired I was when we had to go to the park for a minute, take the car, drive from Cardiff to Swansea. And on the road section, I was really like, I, I just felt like I want to sleep. Yeah. And it was, it was something, you know, I'm not, not used to driving a small rally with, uh, let's say, uh, 60 uh, stage miles, uh, less than 100 state kilometers and then you are in a world championship event which back then was 400 states kilometers so um, that was the target with the events in back in 2002 and still 2003 for those years so but this was a new learning thing for me really to learn that the days were long and and how to keep the keep the energy up even though because I've been training, so I think the fitness side was fine, but it's just that I'm not used to the, this kind of long days and early mornings. But eventually the event went really well for us because I finished 17th overall. It was the 17th of November. Uh, I was 17 years old and the rally had 17 special stages. <laughs> I love that. The symmetry <laughs> of the numbers is yes. amazing. And and we were also with Carl Williamson, we were getting also the, the awards, being the um, best uh, newcomers in the event. That must have been very satisfying after was what was a, a really grueling event, as you say. So it's a big step up to, to do an event like that after just doing the small events and yes. 
you know, the concentration, yes. the, the excitement levels obviously are going to exhaust you anyway, but the concentration on such difficult stages. But you seem to start a bit of a love affair with Wales then, because you always love coming to the rally. And it, it seemed like you were able to master the, the really difficult conditions we have here, the slipperiness, the, the inconsistent grip, the mud. <laughs> yes. but you, you seem to be able to master that over the years. Yes, I think it was really there because I started in Wales, my rally career. So then I, I always love to come back there. You know, it was it's a bit, bit like a home ground for me. And I really I, I really liked the, the, the characteristics of the roads and uh, it didn't bother me then you know when it's slippy and 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 uh, and and muddy even one year i think 2008 we had some snow and ice that was not so nice i can tell yeah. you <laughs> in the, in my hair my hair in uh Muherin and the Havren, uh, having the the snow and ice that was not very nice uh, anymore that was not so fun but uh, <laughs> but yeah uh yeah that was where my really like you said the laugh of the whales came and uh but also just one little detail about back to the event then is that you had quite many retirements. Uh, I think quite many cars back then still went got off the road. Marcus Kernholm retired with the, with the role in uh, in uh, Epping area in uh, mm. in the halfway stage. Ah yes, I remember that. Yes, and then was also Yanni Parson and and then there was I think Thomas Uchar. They went off. Uh, Richard Burns, when very end of the rally, he went off. Uh, uh, who else? Francois Delecu went off. Uh, Carlos, no, it was not Carlos, but uh, who else? It's quite, quite, a, you know, those days you went quite a many incidents happening. Yeah, yeah. But it was different, you know, you didn't have then the video materials, you didn't have, you couldn't prepare for the events like what you do nowadays. Yeah, there was and rallies were longer, so there was more happenings. It's so different, isn't it? Because obviously you started your career in that time, and and you finished your career in a time. Well, not. I'm not saying you've completely finished your driving mm -hmm. career. Who yeah. knows, Yari Matty? Who knows? Yeah. But at the moment, you're you're into it. You're on a good vibe as a team principal. Believe me. Um, but you know. Last year, you, you were still having a, you had the, you have the ultimate access as drivers now all these videos the in-depth stuff that you can get hold of and and maybe sometimes people overstudy them and, and go too far yeah. with it all I, I think there's there's a danger in that we'll talk about that later though now I'm aware we've already talked for quite a bit and we've only got to your first rally <laughs> WRC uh talk to me about those early years though Let, let's kind of bring them together because you continue to 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 learn competing in the UK but also elsewhere you went on to compete in the production world rally championship, which you had the great success in. There was a bit of junior action thrown in there. Not the best year. It, it was a real learning group of years before you got your break into WRC properly. Um, yeah, my, my carry went, went pretty quickly forward because end of that, um, after rally GB, uh, Malcolm Wilson M sport was organizing a test session for young drivers. With the Ford Focus World Rally Car, yeah, which was uh, from the race of Carlos Sainz, and and you know going after that rally, you had done your first World Championship ride, got to the Cockermouth, and you could run, you could test the the World Rally Car Focus, 
And I remember so well that uh, when I was driving on, back on that stage, Elaine Wilson brought Matthew Wilson on the stage. Yeah, Matthew was a couple of years younger than, than me. And yeah. they were watching how I was driving because I was uh, as a young, young driver back then. And obviously they were also considering that Matthew will start soon. So he was what they were watching when I was driving. And they were doing some modifications and, and, and some things for the, for the car. And, and basically they were engineers then were, you, there's like a secret changes which you didn't know uh, what was changing the car. And then engineer was asking your feedback after the runs. Okay, I didn't have, uh, I didn't have very much experience back then. So, but I was so <laughs> excited about driving. I just laughed away, you know, you could drive the, the World Rally Car Focus. And I guess the, the things went quite well for us because then on the 2003, we already did the British Rally Championship with the, with the Ford Focus World Rally car. Mm. And then did four World Championship rallies. And then I had the Subaru Cup in Italy. So we had, a, we had a quite big number of events for that year. I think we did 19 events, which I finished 17. Two crashes, heavy crashes, one in Jim Clark and one in Manx. So both on tarmac. So, but other than that, the season was good. And I had an amazing season at that first. My carry was going really, really forward. I finished 10th overall in Acropolis. I finished 10th overall in, um, in Wales. I was, I won the Subaru Cup in Italy. Uh, I was fourth in the British Championship because I had, because of my accidents, but I won the last round of the British Championship. But then came a moment, the 2004, uh, we couldn't get the same, same support uh, from basically from Ford M Sport, what we had had that year for the British Championship. Yeah. But we were offered to do the Super 1600 uh, Junior Championship in 2004 with the, with the new Fiesta, which is coming to the market. And... Uh, Stepping down from the World Rally car and four-wheel drive cars, it, it, I tell you, it, it felt horrid. I bet. I didn't, like, I didn't like the front-wheel drive car back then. I didn't like them because I have learned to drive with the World Rally car, mm. which has more power and four-wheel drive. And, and it was difficult also for mentally for me to, to, to go back to those cars. And, and then we, ha- we started the season with the Ford Puma. But Puma uh, was not very successful anymore those, that period. That Fiesta, we were waiting for Fiesta to come, but Fiesta was not, it was brought too early to the, to the world level arena and he had too much technical problems. Yeah. We couldn't finish the races. And then my carry, you know, started to go down. It really, and I lost also the self-confidence during that year because we didn't really have any results. That was really poor year i think the best driving i did in finland when i managed to drive with the world rally car where timo yoki was renting me a world rally car for the finnish championship rallies but the world championship level we did we did really anything on the we did many starts but many many retirements how do you kind of bounce back from that when your confidence is is knocked as a younger driver and you were still very young in terms of years and even though you've done all these rallies and you're mounting up this experience it 
there's still this you're still young in in many respects how do you how do you deal when your confidence is not who do you look to who did you look to back then to try and give you that confidence back and that encouragement uh, yeah I was in the I was still at the school school was going and uh, I was driving same time same time so I had a I was a lot away from the school I was actually quite a lot of stress as well and okay then the season didn't go very well and by the end of the year, you know, I can tell you now honestly that I was so depressed about the performances that because we had uh, been driving with the, now with the different cars, I had to take at the end of the year, 2004, my 2003 Ford Focus World Rally Car overall and put it on <laughs> to feel that I feel confident again. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, how I got the more feeling. I got the confidence back. <laughs> Just put the overall on. You know you can do it. <laughs> yes. And uh, but I think then end of the year, Timo Jouki told me that Yari Matti. Now I have realized that the front wheel drive cars don't, don't doesn't fit for you. It's not for you. No. We have to focus only with the four wheel drive cars. You will drive next year only the four-wheel drive cars. We will do the, with the group and car, we do production championship rallies. And then if your father will supply the world rally car, uh, Corolla, Corolla WRC, then you could do, uh, you could do some events with the Corolla WRC in the Finnish championship and some of the world rally championship rallies. So then we were, we basically, my father bought that car and that was all the confidence because I knew that I can drive more, more with the world rally cars. Yeah. And also the group N car was sweeping me because of a four wheel drive. And I, that was basically then I, when I knew that I have the cars, which I more enjoy, you know, step by step, we started to get self-confidence back when already the 2005 season started quite well. But yes, like I tell, tell you that, that overall I had to put on to, to really inspire myself. <laughs> <laughs> my old performances <laughs> from the year before <laughs> <laughs> and of course you know well into that time you already had Mika alongside you as well so you you mentioned that nasty accident at the Jim Clark Was yes, that, Jim Clark, that, yes yeah is that where Carl then had his injury and that kind of that stopped for a while for him competing certainly yes um, yeah that and then was, Mika uh, came in to, to play. Yes, Mika came to at that point to, to jump on board because Carl was at least six months uh, yeah. recovery time for him. We did back in 2004, we did some rallies together uh, in Italy. And uh, I think we did uh, with, the, with the group and Carl, we did some national events over there. But then I remember there was. Uh, then I had to, by the end of the year, I had to decide which uh, uh, which co-driver I will continue with. But uh, I think that was then uh, Carl had also, I think was not so easy for him from the work to be away. And that was sort of, which was then eventually deciding that it was for me that Mika was able to be more away from the work because those yeah. those times, you know, you know, I was a private year and we needed a co-driver. Um, a professional co-driver in in one way and uh, which was normally working so of course they had to try to fit the things that you know they could be 
doing the co-drivers and still be work at the at the other times. But Mika had co-driven for you before? We did one event in 2003, uh, we yeah. did it together Rally Estonia. Uh, rally in Estonia, we did actually the, the same area where the World Championship Rally is, okay. but it was in the winter time. And Jarmo Leitinen also co-drove for you at some no, point? Jarmo, no, Jarmo didn't. He did no. for Mikko. He did, but yeah. Mi, Mika, but Mik, Mika, Mika had been with Mikko or something. I know yes, that yes, some, somewhere along Jarmo the line. Mika. That's exactly. Right. Both were for, for Mikko. Right, got you, got you, okay. Yeah, I knew there'd been some like, oh, right, okay, he'd, oh, so he co-drove for him as well. So it was Mika that, that sat with Mika as well. I, your 2005, 2006 years, so interesting because there's so many different cars within that year that you were you were competing in. It was the, the Focus, the Subaru, the mm. Corolla. How yes. difficult was it jumping between all of them, Yari Matty, and... And I say this as a joke sometimes to some drivers, especially this year when we've seen so many moves. You know, was there a bit of confusion going to Park Ferme as to which <laughs> car you were actually picking up? Well, it was, um, I sort of, I actually enjoyed to drive different cars once I didn't need to drive with the front wheel drive cars. That just was not for me. I can tell now afterwards, it didn't really. Fit. Okay, my the thing also was that the, the difficulty was this way that if you go first world rally car and then you come down, it would have been a different story if I had been, you know, on the front wheel drive car, yeah. stayed longer and then go to the four wheel drive. You, but, you mentioned um, earlier that you're quite and you, you still work still, you're quite an aggressive driver. So, you know, you're you've adapted, I guess, to the world rally car and how tough you can be. On, on a world rally car and then switching back to a smaller car, yes. they just cannot take that kind of pain. <laughs> yeah, especially that we had a problem then with the Group N car that I, my driving was quite heavy. And that, when I drive with the world rally cars, um, I didn't have punctures really, and, and I didn't have so much suspension damages, but then I'm in Group N car, this started to be the problem. And uh, we had to like 2006, we we had to i had to also learn to drive a different way i had to try to save the car more uh, to be able to to bring the car home and to the end um but 2006 as a year the end of the 2006 especially was a very important time for my career because i did some really important results yeah um in Australia, we finished sixth overall and we won the production class. Already the rally before in Japan, we have been leading until the second last stage, but the steering arm broke. And I, I basically lost the steering and I, uh, I went off to the, to the forest. We've managed to finish, the, we managed to get eventually away from the forest and finish the rally, but okay, we, we, the result were gone because we, we spent, I don't know, 20 minutes in the, in the forest because we had to fix the steering arm over there. And then drive back. Um, but in then in New then we did the New Zealand, and I won the production in New Zealand as well, back to back with Australia and New Zealand, and I uh, was eight overall. And these were important results because before that I have been managed to get three World Championship rallies with uh, with the Ford Focus World Rally car from M Sport mm. on tarmac. 
and I crashed all of them. Tarmac well, wasn't your favorite at first, was it? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. You were absolutely right. And, and, and then, because you had to try to show your potential. So I crashed all of them. And, and then I actually I broke my thumb uh, in Corsica, my right thumb, because I hit so heavily to the trees that the, the steering bounced heavily back and, uh, and, and to, my, to my thumb. So Do then I was like, do you know what? I I'm going to interrupt you there because I remember yes. and you might not remember this but you obviously you broke your thumb you had an operation on your thumb afterwards and I remember messaging you because we were going to record a podcast together and you texted me to say yeah I've just had my operation you can call me now and you were literally an hour out of anesthetic <laughs> and you were chatting to me about the operation and how you were feeling and I was like oh He's literally just come out of the operating theatre and we're talking. But I don't even know if you have any memory of that chat at all because Actually, you're under anesthetic. I, I do. I do remember very well. I was in the room where you bring the people from the operation when you come after operation to wake up. Yeah. And it was that room that I had woke up uh, and it was literally, like you said, only like one hour. Mm. And I was still a bit, bit uh, hazy. And <laughs> but I remember this was... I was very motivated to, you know, I was, when, when you called me and you wanted to ask me, I was really excited about it. I really felt that time it was a really nice, nice thing that, uh, you know, I, you could, I could talk to you. Yeah. Let's go, let's go back to the story then. That, that, I remember that accident because you were, you were so deeply frustrated when that happened. You were upset. And I think we all remember, you know, the images of that. And you could tell there was this incredible frustration from you because... <laughs> You knew that you could be better than this. You knew that you were quick, but bad things kept happening. Yes, um, there is a video uh, on YouTube where people can see in 2006 in Rally Germany when I went off and I started to cry. Now, maybe I have never really said it clearly that the reason why I cried was not that because, you know, I, I was shocked or about the accident. No, it was because I thought my, my carry is over. Mm. I thought at that moment it will end because I had crashed two times with the, with the, with the focus already on Tama. And now it was third in a row. And I thought that Malcolm will never, never want to see me in, the, in that team anymore. I, I knew, I thought that it, that's, that's enough. You know, it's, it, that's it, that's over, game over. That, you know, uh, now I can be, you know, go home and, and I don't need to see, I don't need to be, you know, my pursuit to be a world rally championship driver is gone. So then there was this kind of quite a long break from the world rally car. And I was when with the group N cars, the production car, but luckily that side started to go well. We got the one chance in Wales to drive at the end of the season, 2006. And I remember very well, you know, I said to Malcolm, you know, when, when I had this accident in, in Germany, that I'm, I'm really sorry, Malcolm. It's, I don't know what to say, but I can only say to you that I'm not a tarmac driver and all the skills I have to show you is on tarmac that I don't have even a single gravel event. It's not very easy for me. Mm. And, and then we were very, very lucky we got this one run on, on Wales. And uh, with the self-confidence I got with the, with the Group N car, 
we actually we we did the GB and we finished fourth overall. Oh, yeah. And I remember it, was, it so well. We were yes. all so happy for you <laughs> yeah. after a tough year. I think everyone was yeah. just so delighted that you had a great result. Yes, and it was very, very important result because then that gave us then the year 2007 lifted up to the Stoppard team to do a full season for the first time. Yeah, a full season, which, you know, knowing that you had that ahead of you must have made you relax a little bit after a difficult year thinking your career is over and then all of a sudden here you go you've got a pretty much a full season yes yes exactly so it it actually i remember i was already very relaxed in in gb and i felt very good there but of course the after season i was even even more relaxed uh because that was the year that i was still in the military service and I had just finished the military service in October. Mm. Uh, so it was a lot of been going all the time. I've been finished the school in the 2005 and then was the military service. So end of the 2006 was the, the time when I had managed to do everything that I knew that 2007 was the first year on my rally carry when I could fully concentrate for the, for the rally, that there yeah. was not any more something else going at the same time. What was the relationship like with Malcolm Wilson as a whole during your time with, with M Sport and with Ford? Because that's when it really kicked off that year, essentially. Even though it was the Stobart team, it was all mm -hmm. part of M Sport Ford. Yes. How did the relationship start and how would you describe Malcolm? Because he's a bit of a firecracker, isn't he? You know, he's, <laughs> he's, he can be quite hard on his drivers as as much as he's nurturing and, and wants to push you guys on, he can be quite hard on you. Um, I say with Malcolm is, I have a high respect with that. With him is something which you, if you agree something with you, with him, you do a handshake and that's it. Yeah. Th that's it. You, you kept on that. And that's not necessarily in, in the, in the world. You don't have so many people who, who you can do do things with like that um, many very often you have to have a contract with Malcolm which a handshake is, is is like a contract yeah and and Malcolm is um, also he's he wants to give chances for the young drivers he likes to work with the young drivers for That's sure we had uh, we had some sometimes you know I I was touching his nerves <laughs> let's say this way that uh, because I'm also quite expensive driver, driver having quite big accidents. <laughs> but, uh, quite an expensive point. driver. I like that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> but my pursuit, you know, was to, I wanted to win. I wanted to fast the stage. I wanted to win the stage. Yeah. And I think also that Malcolm, he sort of, it was hard for him when I crashed. But on the other hand, he wanted me to do well, he wanted me to perform so he could also forgive me uh, of the accidents I, I, I had done. And, uh, and then at the two, end of 2007, Marcus Kronholm was uh, retiring and we did the Wales Rally GB again was, was a very important rally for me. Um, unfortunately, that, that year the rally didn't go in the beginning very well. We um 
I had a problem because it was raining very heavily. Mm. Uh, we had problems to keep the, the windscreen open and it was getting misty. And then I uh, had, had also a bit, bit of a difficulties in the darkness. I went a bit wider, hit the, like a bank. It was like a uh, sand bank or something. And then I broke the, the wipers and, and it was raining so heavily that uh, I could very, very steadily had to drive out from the stage and I lost um, 10 minutes or something. But then we continued the next two days and I did in the last, on those two days, I did 10 fastest stage times in the rally. Incredible. I did more stage times than anybody else. So even Lope and Marcus were still fighting for the championship and Mikko Hirvonen won the rally. And I, that was something I, was, I could find another level there on that event. And, and then that was enough to, to give a confirmation to Malcolm that he can take as a works driver for 2008. Which was so, incredible. But also in 2007, you got your first podium at yes. Rally Island, which, yes. you know, to get onto the podium and have your first, any first for a driver is, is special. It's the first stage win, first podium, yeah. first outright win. And, and there you are in Rally Island, a tarmac event. <laughs> <laughs> well, from exactly. what we've just from exactly. what we've just said about tarmac, it was not your favorite, and there you were third overall. Yeah, it was all in all um, very successful year. Okay, Monte, <clears throat> big crash in Monte on the second last stage, um, and uh, but then like in Norway, we were fifth overall. Uh, I did the first stage uh, win over there. We were I was leading for the first time World Championship Rally in Sardinia. Then we got the podium in Ireland. I was already on the podium position in, uh, in Japan 2007, fighting with Loeb. Uh, but I, I had a problem with the car with the hydraulics. And uh, I lost the hydraulic pressure on the center diff. And the car was more or less two-wheel drive. And uh, I remember we had a phone call. Well, we were you know, fighting with Loeb. And I knew that you know, I can't fight with him anymore. Um, Malcolm called us in her car and he said, Jarimat, you're going to still have a great, great result, but just stay patient. Yeah. But on that stage, next stage, Lope had gone off the road. Oh. And I saw him off the road and I got a little bit too excited about it. And, and I just easy right-hand corner where the car was not because it was two-wheel drive. I mean, I tried to go too fast and I understood hit the three and I was also out. And my first podium was gone, you know. I was it hit hard. It was very difficult for me to accept that mistake I did. But then we went to Ireland, and I, I didn't expect anything that I can get the podium from Ireland. I, my, my, my hopes were for Wales. That was a big surprise that we actually got the, got the podium in, mm. in Rally Island. And it was very difficult conditions. A lot of mud, where rain, yeah. uh, raining whole weekend, all the time, heavily. And uh, so much mud on the, on the tarmac when we were um, World Rally Cars, we were cutting to the corners and uh, difficult conditions. But yeah, we, we got the podium. That's really, really fantastic feeling. I bet it was. And then, you know, it's the, it's the call up then. It's the works drive and everything you've been aiming towards. But, and I have to reiterate this, it's such a short period of time. When you consider 2002 as your first WRC event, 
and then 2008 you have a full works drive that's not long really you know when you when you're looking at, and considering your age you were 17 in 2002 when you look at drivers now who are coming through championship it takes years to, to get to where they're going Ogier is the exception to the rule here because he was quite a quick ex- escalation and so is is for Mo, I guess, in that sense. But you had such yes. a massive learning curve before you had that full works drive. Yes, I. If we, if I think about back, it's uh, it 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 did. I did. I did quite quickly, but yeah, we did still a lot of events. So, yeah. so for sure, I was having quite a lot of experience. Uh, but must say that you know coming the works driver at the age of 22 for sure it was uh, it, it felt incredibly good <laughs> yeah i mean it, it, there were so many great things here at the time because you were always the youngest it was like, oh he's the youngest to do this he's the youngest to do that the youngest first win until of course rolvan pera has, has taken that this year give me some of your your highlights from your time with with ford an M Sport. For sure, the, the first season. Um, again, we went to the we went to Monte Carlo 2008. <laughs> we had a, we had been practicing the tire change at the workshop, and I think me and Mika eventually we were we were the quickest, you know, making it one minute thirty seven something like this. Mm. Then we go to the first stage, and uh, we hit the. Stone, I, I cut it too much. We had a puncher. It took four minutes to change it. <laughs> everything what we had done and learned it, they were, everything went wrong on that guy. You change. <laughs> so, so it was, it was like we had nothing learned it on, on that what we have done, and uh, and also the then later I hit the stone and I broke the suspension. So probably we didn't go very well. But then I had a I had a great starting position going to the Sweden. Mm. And uh, it's a rally which which I, I love driving on the snow. It was one of those winters when it was there had been quite a lot of snow at first, but then it was getting plus degrees and and a little bit like raining, and the roads were getting quite soft. And uh, um, get gravel came up, and uh, but it's just that condition suit my driving style. And I was so motivated when I started the race. And, and I, the level where I was from the beginning, uh, I was so focused. And I remember even the conditions, were, even they were difficult, but it, it did really work for me. Yeah. And I, on, on, on the first day, we were almost one minute lead going, to the, uh, going out from the first day. Low went off on, the, on that day. And then after that, it was just me. try to control and keep the keep yourself, you know, together, not to do not to do mistakes. So it was an amazing moment to win your first world championship rally, and I became the yeah, like you mentioned, youngest ever winning a world rally championship rally until Caleron, but I beat my record. But I had been beating the the record of Henry Toivonen, and I was Henry's fan, so. This was a huge moment to me. Um, and all in all, that 2008 season was was good season for me. We did, we did good results. I was, I was there to fight for the victories in, in other events. I finished second in, uh, 
uh, in Wales Rally GP after quite the fight with Blow uh, at the end. Um, then uh, I was Turkey, I was second, Mikko won. And we, I was there with the speed-wise all the time, but mm. I did steal mistakes. And, and some of the rallies went wrong because I, I did mistakes. But generally, the first season was good. I would yeah. say that uh, it, it, it bring me quite a lot. And, and I, but then I did that big mistake because I thought that after that season, then I'm ready to fight really for the world championship for 2009. And, and that's where I did really my wrong estimation. And then that was the, one of the second most horrible year of my rally carrying. Oh. Uh, 2009, when, when I had a huge accident in Portugal, uh, then this humiliating accident in, uh, in Poland on the final stage. Talk to me about Portugal, because my memory of that, obviously we... We didn't know exactly what had happened at the time because, you know, the technology wasn't what it mm. is now. We knew that you'd had an accident on the stage. It wasn't till later than we saw the, the fan footage that we saw how big that accident was. But I remember seeing you and you got back to service, I think, that night, or it could have been the next morning. And you told me a little story about... and it, 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 Many people may not know this about you, and I don't know if this has changed in the past few years, but you don't drink alcohol or drunk very little alcohol. You just were not a drinker. It was glass of Coke, glass of lemonade when, when you mm. went out. And I remember seeing you that it was the next day because you told me a little story about you'd gone back to the hotel room. And what, had it been your birthday that weekend, Yari? Oh, Correct. yes, it was. That's why the hotel had left a bottle of wine in your room. Correct. And Correct. you were feeling obviously so frustrated with what had happened. And I'm sure a relief that you were completely intact and you were alive after that, that you drunk the bottle of wine and weren't feeling the best the next day. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, exactly. This is the story you remember actually very well. I'm, I'm amazed that you remember it. But yes, this was how it went because going to the room after the huge accident and uh, then you have your birthday and there is a card on the table with the wine bottle happy birthday <laughs> so I, I drink the whole bottle I went to sleep <laughs> and and uh, uh, yeah it was it was so so desperate um, so distressed uh, with uh, with that mistake but I mean yeah those days because there was no live coverage like you mentioned in there was also this that when we had this accident we were we went 200 meters down on the, on the mountain and uh, probably the biggest accident on my carry where I thought I'm going to die inside because the, I could think and I could see the roll gates is coming down. I thought they were going to crash mm. us into the, into, the, into the car. But when, the, when it stopped, and I remember I was so relieved that I could see Mika was fine and, and, and myself, we didn't hurt ourselves. And we were on the team radio. Uh, I think the radio was working. Uh, and I we said to John Millington and spot that our coordinator that we had a massive accident uh, that uh, we are very far off the road and then John Millington said that please stay with the car don't go anywhere with don't uh, don't uh, leave the car alone stay with the car but then the there was a helicopter landing uh, it was a safety helicopter and of course this helicopter had seen what had happened mm. helicopter landed there quite quite nearby took us on board and drop us to the service park. And 
there was a bit like feeling first like John and, and Malcolm a bit, bit, bit angry to us why we are here. Why, why you are here? And you're supposed to stay with the car. And we tried to explain we had a massive accident. This was this is not the small one, this is big one. And of course, because nobody sees, it's difficult to imagine what has happened. Yeah. And the next day, you know, when the video came out, and I remember even Malcolm and uh, and 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 Malcolm was really like, sorry, sorry guys, I, I couldn't understand. It was this, I'm very sorry about this. And uh, and people realized, you know, how how heavy the accident was. So, but the best thing was that after that accident too. On Monday and Tuesday, we had a cholesterol drive day and I would get back in the car. That was the best medicine, best therapy for me. Mm. So it didn't leave me any, any fear, anything uh, for the driving. That's so good. It's so important to be able to, to jump back in again. And you yeah. see it. And I, I, in my career, I've asked the question of, of so many drivers. You've had big accidents. Has it affected you? And the majority of them will say no because I've been able to to jump mm. in a car very quickly afterwards and and just get on with it and that that's really important can we talk about Poland yeah it's okay I partly I I have uh related some memories from my head but partly I remember it I, I just because there's so many stories flying around about it I want to know absolutely 100% what the situation was there because I, I remember the time, and you might have to correct me here with my memory because it's a long time ago, <laughs> but you and Miko were one and two in the rally going in mm. and you were second, but I think you were a frustrated second because you could have fought with him a bit harder. However, he was fighting for the championship. So I think the reins were on you a little bit to hold back. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, this is correct because um, in the very beginning of the of the rally, um, Sebastian Loeb had gone off the road, and uh, it's um, it's quite uh, if I if I now go honestly, I knew I knew about that place because we had some Finnish. Um, now I can tell you that we have Finnish, Finnish friends who had been going through the stasis. They were open stasis. Mm. And they had told me about this wood stamp. There's a wood stamp in a quite nasty in the line, which I didn't see the recce. And uh, then I told, you know, I told it to Mikko, of course, teammates. We knew it. And Lope, he did. He was out from the rally. And of course, then Mikko was in a good position in the championship. So Malcolm uh, told me that, yeah, now you've tried to stay ahead of uh, Sordo and uh, just behind Mikko uh, for, for the championship. And I, I drove, I, I was so wanted, so much wanted to win, you know, I would have wanted to challenge Mikko. I didn't think about the big picture back then. Uh, I just want, was thinking myself and, and, and the performance, what I want to, want to do. I was... It's it's basically yeah. My attitude was I'm here and I want to do I want to drive I'm I'm I want to have the rights to fight for the victory. Mm. And that was basically my attitude. So anyway, then I I did listen to Malcolm and I 
I kept there uh, between them. Back then, you know, you had the split times, and I was following the split times and trying to be faster than Soda, but not to not you know slower than Mikko. And at the end of the rally, I felt I had done a good job. Then there was um, quite a long regroup before the final stage. Uh, I think maybe two hours or something. And um, we come there and um, and we we had a chat with Malcolm. And uh, I was basically saying to Malcolm that now I have done the job what you wanted. And um, uh, I mean, now I think I can go flat out on the on the final stage. And Malcolm said, no, Yarimat, you have to follow the still the you know the, the decision that Mikko is going to win and, and let's keep it this way that uh, you know Mikko can win this event and you will be second and this will be fantastic for the team it will be great great for everybody and uh, I say to him I, I don't agree I disagree with you uh, this is this is not the way I I want to fight for the victory in the last stage I want to find an attack on the last stage mm -hmm. and, and 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 then Malcolm said to me that uh, no Yarimati we stay with the plan I uh, I have done, and I said, okay. Then then we stay with that, but this is not correct. And um, I turn it, and I start to walk towards the car, and I look Malcolm, and he think, he looked me, and uh, my my thoughts on the start line were somewhere else. My my. Absolutely, my, my thoughts were not uh, on the driving. And uh, I just remember saying to me, just before, maybe 10 seconds before the light, I says, um, this is not correct. I need to have the right to fight for the last stage. I need to have that right. And of course, I didn't listen to notes at all. And then I turned it too early to the corner and uh, I hit the... Um, this barrel full of sand, you know, I lost the front front right suspension. Um, and everybody were there. The team was there with the champagne bottles mm. and 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 try to, you know, spray and have a one-two from the rally. Then I'm there out. I tried to reverse it, force it. Um, and uh, and basically I burned the clutch, the clutch on fire. Then we even tried to get spectators to boost the car uh, out from there. And I just sort of tried to do it desperately everything to finish the stage. But yeah, obviously we couldn't. Before that stage, I have done the interviews for the Finnish television when I said, yes, I would second and I'm great and everything is fine. And, and we did the results already. We had to do then everything again. And, and that was the... The first and the last time when I when I agreed to do something before the results yeah. are published. Um, now back then, if I think about myself now, I'm I'm a, I'm a team principal, and we, for mm -hmm. instance, we said in the, in the last rally to Kalle to to be a wingman, and Kalle did really mature. He did. Uh, absolutely correct job and it, it did fantastic job and I can tell you that it's it's very difficult for me if, if we had to do this because you know how I behave on that Poland moment 
Um, I can tell I was wrong. Uh, this was, we had a plan. Malcolm had done the plan for us and I should, so I should have followed that rule, but I didn't. I didn't do what the team asked me to do. And I did an individual choice. Um, back then looking, uh, it was a really stupid decision. Very, very stupid decision from my side. But also that from that day on, I became a team player. I learned it. That was the moment when I learned it to be then to work for the rest of my career that I understood to, to play for the team. That changed my career on that way that I, I started to understand the bigger picture. It was very, very close that I was fired, I think. Uh, of course, it was looking in many ways. I mean, it, it didn't look, look good. Mikko was that also Citroen was playing quite, I would say, quite cruel uh, team tactics that they were managed to bring with the slope who was in the super rally. They managed to, to bring Lope in the, in the, on the points by retiring all the rest of the Citroen. Yeah. So then that was a little bit affecting for the Mikko. Mikko's championship hopes also, uh, because with those points, it would have been better for him for the for the end of the end of the season. But that happened, and and it couldn't be you know changed. But I, if I look then back two thousand and eleven, I tried to bit pay back, you know, for Mikko what I did then back then because Mikko was in 2011 had chances to fight for the championship, and uh, I was at the end of the year I was I was had a very good um, flying year at the end of the year, so then I dropped myself in the some rallies on the on the positions uh, I gave him uh, three results I think, so yeah. I tried to pay back you know uh, which we had agreed already in the beginning of the season we had agreed that uh, the one driver who is after the midpoint of the year is, is in a better position will, will support the other. So then I felt that I, I learned that and I, I managed to then, you know, a little bit like pay back it to Mikko what I, what I took away from him, that at least he had a chance in 2011 also to fight for the, for the championship. It's always if and on that year, 2009, for sure there was... There's may also many other things, you know. It's 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 difficult to say. Mikko, Mikko was 2009, you know. He he um, water pump broke in his car in Argentina. He lost the points. If the water pump had broken in my car and that Mikko's car, he would have been the champion. So it's it's always many ifs if Lots. you if you start to go <laughs> if you start Lots. to look back then. But I think you know that that situation for you, although devastating for you at the time and it's taught you it taught you a lot and i'm sure that that even that incident now is helping you as a team principal because of your ultimate understanding of the way drivers think the way you thought and how let's use the word stubborn you could be yes but exactly. it, it 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 all helps and i know it was a horrible thing to happen and i'm sorry i've made you recount it but i wanted to know the actual reality of the story behind it which is I don't think out there so much, you know, people just think, oh, he just, he just decided to go quickly. They don't realize 
the position that you were in and that you were kept mm-hmm. back all weekend and and had that and I think it yeah. gives you more of an understanding of everything now so as tough as it was then it's helped you in your career that is true because the passion for the winning was so high that it was difficult for me to accept it the situation and and, and of course back then I remember that inside the inside the team you know of course you um the people also a little bit lost the confidence on me because of my my behavior what i did and and i remember that coming by the end of the year i was very very humble and um i realized my position that i managed to get going for 2010 i remember very clearly we agreed with malcolm that in end of beginning of the year 2010 i'm a second driver i will support Nico. And I will listen to him what he will tell me. I said, Malcolm, let's do this. I agree 100% uh, with you. And actually, then it's funny, one, 2010 became one of my best seasons. <laughs> yeah. I won two championship rallies, even though I was not thinking that I can even win a single event. But it sort of, I, I grow up on that, that 2009 experience really moved me on, on my carry. Uh, and I, I, I started to get forward because of that experience. And then we started also, I could be a bit more open-minded and, uh, and I could get the confidence inside the team. And it was, you know, many steps went, went forward. And, and, and then I felt really, really comfortable with the team. And, and, and then driving level, you know, they, I, I started to get less accidents. And I kept the car more on the road. And, uh, but of course it did happen, few accidents. Like Malcolm said to me, Arimatti, you are one of those drivers who will have two two accidents per year, which is hundred percent right. <laughs> <laughs> he knew you back to front, though, and I, you know, I love the way he always he always talks about you because, you know, you you are one of the favourites. Even though, as he says, you gave him quite a bit of grey hair, you yes. are all, always going to be one of the favourites for him. He talks about you know how honest you are, how you can never lie, and your character you everyone talks about how I, I hate using the word lovely but, but that's how people <laughs> describe you because you are one of the nicest people in in the service park um so it, it's great that you have had the success that you've had you know it, it all came to a bit of a close with with m sport and you moved on to to volkswagen and, and the team changed then because Ford kind of pulled back from what mm-hmm. they were doing and I remember that final event which was it was Rally Spain wasn't it which was the final yeah. event for um for Ford and M Sport together and you had a new teammate then in in Petter Solberg which <laughs> I'm sure was a great experience having Petter as yeah. a teammate there it was a lot of fun uh, but that that was a kind of a sad time but also a positive time for you because you were moving on to something brand new yeah, that was um, a long era with uh, with the M Sport came to the end 2012, and I remember being in tears. But I felt very sad, and I would have wanted to win the last rally for the team. It was so close, only seven seconds away from hope. Uh, but I had done one mistake on a gravel day, which was I went went uh, I spun and I lost a bit too much time with that, and then I tried to catch back. But I was running, running out of out of out of kilometers, um, but I say that 2012 as a year was one of the greatest years that I have had. I really enjoyed the the work with uh, with um, with Peter. I was the 
driver number one. I had a lot of support from the team. And uh, I would say I was leading almost all of the champion, almost, almost all of the events. And this is honestly true, but are we could win two events and I crashed many, many of them. Mm. I mean, the speed was there, but I just the couldn't speed was incredible back. that year. Yes. The speed, I'm, I mean, it's one thing I remember really well from 2012 is how quick you were. You know, yeah. every time you're kind of talking on the radio, you're looking at the spits, it's wow, wow, look at Latvala and look how quick he is. This this was the, the Fiesta back then, and it suited really really well for my driving style, and, and it was it was back then it was perfect car for me, and I could feel what I could do with what I wanted with the car, but I just I just couldn't hold myself. I I had too much that I got it back, you know, even though I had been becoming a team player, but I let too much that passion for the win to take control of myself. And, and I just didn't think about it, the championship. And, you know, in Monte Carlo in the first event, leading 40 seconds going off the road. Uh, then in Mexico, uh, first break in suspension, then having a puncher and they had a big accident on the fa- final day. You know, all the time flat out, mm. absolutely flat out from the beginning. Leading in, I think in Portugal, we were leading when I broke the suspension, went off. Uh, uh, yeah. Then we, with those times, there was also the um, qualifying stages, and I won the qualifyings, but I, I did some wrong choices, you know, with the, with the positions to take on on the road, and uh, just didn't think think over enough. But then, end of the year, we had a very good feeling. I, I must say, we had a very warm feeling uh, with the, with the Malcolm and Elaine. When we left, I uh, had enjoyed the years together with them, and uh, it was it was something new coming up for sure. It was exciting, but it was well, it was on the other hand, was very sad to leave uh, because I had been on board, you know, all my carry up to that point, and all the support and all the difficult moments and the great moments we had shared together. Mm. And uh, but then, yeah, Volkswagen was a new era, and. Uh, I knew that Ogier had been there already one year and destined the car, so I knew that it's going to be a bit tough for the first year to come in and uh, and and get on board. That I need to learn the new car, and, and in the very beginning, my problem was that I tried to make that Volkswagen Polo like uh, like a Ford Fiesta, yeah. and, and then I started to struggle even more in the beginning of the season until I realized that this is a different car and I need to accept it how it is and try with it. I want to know about the relationship with Ogier. That's what I want to know. I think a lot of people out there will want to know. We, we've already spoken to Seb for, for this podcast at, at the start of the year. And he talks about his relationship with you so well, um, which I love. But he's a tough person to have as a teammate, Yari Matty. You know, he is, he's a lovely guy, but then he puts his helmet on and he's ruthless. And he will do <laughs> anything to win. And he plays little psychological games with people. I can imagine that's a tough combo being a teammate with him because he was an incredible, he is still an incredible competitor. Um, I can tell that Sebastian was back then different what he is now. Yeah, He's a lot more relaxed than, than back then. I remember coming in the team and, and I could see in his eyes um, 
the only thing is like he wanted to show he wanted to win he wanted to win the uh, world championship title that was so clearly on his eyes the focus was 110% if i i had a big passion for the winning he had even more than me mm. and i could feel like you said he he did do everything to to win we were already uh we were in the end of 2012 we were in germany in doing a training camps which Volkswagen organized us in 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 sport um in sport clinic Bad Haunheim, Bad Neuheim, and um, there was we went to the swimming uh, swimming hall, and then there was like this um, slide, uh, water slide, mm-hmm. and you had also um, um, watch time uh, timer. Uh, you could see the the clock, which was taking the time. You know when you were sliding down, um, and we started to compete with with Ocea with that. First day he beat me, and he was so happy and so <laughs> proud. And I, but on the next day I did everything, and I think over what is the line and how I need to approach and how I can be faster. And I found the, I found the tool. What is and the I, line on a slide? <laughs> you have to lift your 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 back up, and basically you have to have the pressure on your on your bottom part okay. and with your head, and the, and have the. Um, back up, uh, off from the slide and with that uh, I, I did the fastest time and I remember I was so happy and so relieved and I, I felt ah now I saw it to Ozier and Sebastian was very disappointed <laughs> he was you could see his face he was he was not happy with that so that tells us you know that we were quite the hard rivals to each other but on the first year uh, Sebastian was so so together with the car that I couldn't challenge him you know he was on his own zone and and only in the very end of the year in the last last couple of last two events where I started to get closer to him mm. in 2013 but then in 2014 we had a we had a big season with him that was quite uh, quite uh, quite um, tense and I could see that feel that fight we had always we had a respect to each other but it was not I would say now we have a lot more friendly uh, relationship with him. We had to be our friends, but back then we were we couldn't be you know really friends because it was so tough the competition between mm. between us and um, and I wanted to beat him and I wanted to I wanted to become a world champion, but eventually I I came to those same things what I did 2012. I managed I have mature i have become more mature and i have done less mistakes and i would i would be able to take more control on myself but then on the on the on the rally deutschland in 2014 i just again i i let the passion for the winning to get control more on myself than i for the driving i sebastian had got on the road we had done two days of rallying at the end of the second day, I thought I'm the winner because we have only uh, one day to go and had one minute lead. So I thought I, I'm gonna, not going to lose it. Mm. And going to the final day, you know, I still tried to do fastest stage time and the conditions were quite difficult. I, I couldn't hold back. And, and then I did that. The most, one of the most stupid mistakes on my Gary going off the road on the, in a winning yards in, uh, in Germany. Yeah, it's, it, 
difficult difficult times but there was some stuff on the road as well you know to not to say that it was still a mistake but you know there was there was some rubbish on the road that you kind of slid onto wasn't there yes there's um, uh, Mikkelsen had spun on the same corner and actually then when I went retired I went off the road Chris Meek was leading but then he also went a slide off the road the conditions were very difficult that morning mm. but my speed was too much for that condition which I should have just back off but I didn't and yeah I, I sort of, like Osia said to me that Jarimat, you gave me the championship. I, I gave him, I gave him the championship with that mistake I did. But I think in life things come around. I gave him a championship, but he gave me the Toyota deal then later because he didn't choose the Toyota in the end of 2016. Yeah, I think things come around. I remember during the Volkswagen years when you were kind of, uh, you obviously battling against Ogier, but um, battling a bit yourself as well. And we were doing a, a meet the crew session in, in a service park. I can't remember where it was now. Too many that we've done. And um, you said that, you you know, you said, hey, I've been I've been talking to to Seb's wife, Andrea, and Andrea has said to me this. She's given me this adv- advice. And Seb was like, what? Hold on, what? <laughs> my, wife's, my wife's giving you advice? What's going on here? <laughs> yes, um, it was it was very nice. Let's say it this way that when um, I could say I can for me, it's honest when Andrea came, uh, I could see Seb was getting more relaxed when the family they got uh, the child team Osier added to I, I could he see him he changed as a person he came more relaxed and uh, also you know having a bit more things on on the life and I had a really good nice always um, relationship with Andrea and uh, and still even these days it's so so great I'm so happy you know to see Sebastian and, uh, and Andrea and talk with them it's we have we are we are good friends and this is really really what I enjoy but that time it was uh, funny because I sort of got a little bit support from Andrea so that was <laughs> that was a funny funny thing to to say to to handle with <laughs> yeah he had to deal with that the Volkswagen years were, were interesting weren't they because Volkswagen was such a dominant force and they they put such a lot into it to, to make sure that they were successful and all the key people seemed to be within the team. You had an incredible amount of support around you. What's your what's your highlight of those times with, with VW? As a driver, you know, my victory in Rally Finland 2014 was the best performance I think as a driver I have ever done. Uh, this was really a high moment uh, on my career. When I when I got that, and of course the first start, I mean I win the Rally Alsace in France and Tarmac. That was also quite really important moment uh, to win a Tarmac Rally, which being Tarmac some point that been so difficult uh, for me. Um, I remember we were so dominant some point. I inside the team even there was a. There was also one phrase, one one person saying that it would be fantastic to win every single world championship run with the team. That, but let's say that then later also this guy also realized that maybe it's something not to say, say anymore. 
loud out because you know that Germany accident was the what I did was actually taking away that chance. <laughs> if we had not gone off the road there, you know, we would have been yeah winning the every rally in the, in the championship. Incredible. But it's I don't know. I don't think it's that also. Afterwards, looking back afterwards, I mean, it's not good that some in the championship that something somebody is so dominant mm. because of course for the interest for the for the people and uh, if 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 the same team is always winning, you know, you also need the other teams to be to to be be challenging, you know. Yeah, it needs to be interesting. It it's not fun if if one team is is completely dominant through the season. Mm-hmm. It's you do need you do need that mixture. You you mentioned that <laughs> Ogier gave you that drive at Toyota, but you know you were there from the start at Toyota in 2017. Volkswagen had gone. There was a lot of confusion, wasn't there, at the end of 2016 with 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 you with with Ogier with with Mikkelsen as as to where you would go, where you would find yourself. Were you worried at that time? I was. This was very stressful time. The end of the 2016. I was even a little bit depressed because I thought that my rally career will end. Uh, I had not had the best year. 16, I had been great years, 13, 14, 15, but 16 was not, the first half of the season was going good. But um, I lost a little bit motivation by the by the middle of the, of the year because I realized that my chances for the championship were gone. And then I was not really driving very well anymore. But it was because, yeah, I had lost the lost the motivation, and uh, then I thought at the end of the year that you know if I can't get, I remember saying to my team manager, to my team, um, my manager, Timoyoki, that if I don't get the Toyota, there's the only chance, there's the only chance, what I want, I want to get Toyota. There's nothing else, and and I knew that the uh, is, you know, I I called to Tommy, when when Volkswagen pulled out, and I said to Tommy, you know. Volkswagen is is, uh, is is stopping. Do you still have a place? You know, I, I would be available. And he told me, said, ay, 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 it's now the announcement is coming in the very last minute. If I, we had known this a couple of weeks earlier, it would be easier. And But then there was one place. They had agreed Juho Hannin and they agreed uh, Esa-Pekka Lappi to, to start in the mid, uh, I mean, on April 2017. But that one seat was still not to confirm. Then also went to test the car and uh, the car was, I think the setup wasn't right uh, when he was testing it uh, because the, uh, they were still on the development and uh, somehow the, the, for the setup for that condition in the wet difficult condition was, was, was in, um, maybe I think it was not, not correct. Mm. So the behavior of the car was not, not, not the best and he didn't get the best, best feedback. And then he chose to, you know, the, uh, to go to Ford, M Sport. And because he got to, to go there, that seat opened up for me. That was, if he had gone the, to choose the Toyota, then it would have been end of me, end of, end for me, basically. Uh, because um, M Sport was uh, not fully supported factory team. And it was, Ogier went there, he brought Red Bull, uh, Red Bull sponsorship. So, of course, they were a bit, different things you know coming together with with that and um but now afterwards i can hear honestly say that temu suninen was about to sign for toyota but uh, i basically 
I overrule that. I say to I say to Timo that I told this to Demo. Demo knows it. I say to Timo that Demo is young enough and uh, he he still have some years to go, but I don't have many years to go. That I need this place now. I was just gonna ask you. Were you thinking that? Were you thinking time is ticking here for my career? This this could be my last chance at a championship. Yes, yeah, I knew I knew that that, uh, and I had to get that. And Timo was a little bit angry. That's Yari, what you know? Just we had to think this for Timo, and now you took it away from there. I and I, but I said Timo, it doesn't. He has time. He has time. He's fine. He's gonna be okay. <laughs> He would have been very young then in, in 2017, stepping into that role. Yes. That would have been a, a very big step up for him. Yes, I think it would have been. Maybe would have been too quite much. a step. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Andy. Who knows? You, it's a lot of what ifs. What if he had? What yes. if he hadn't? So and does that mean now you have to buy Tammy Sinanen a birthday and Christmas card every single year? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think in the demos carry, you know, when he drove Ford in the in the first years, he had less pressure because he would have had a lot of pressure in that situation coming to Toyota. So I think in in that sense, it was it was better for him uh, to drive in uh, in an environment with uh, with the less pressure. Mm. Um, and of course. I must say that 2017, as a driver, probably my best season I have ever done. I had, I would have had chances. I that was the year when I, but all my mistakes, what I have done, I tried to have them as as a learning, and and try to avoid those mistakes. And I managed to avoid mistakes, but we had technical problems. The season started so well with the second place Monte victory in, uh, in Sweden. We were still sixth Mexico, uh, fourth uh, Corsica, fifth Argentina, even though we had small issues, but we managed to, we managed to fight with, uh, with them. And then I didn't finish second in Sardinia. Um, by the coming to the midpoint of the year, I was second position in the championship, or second or third, but anyway, not, not many points behind Oshia. And, and we had gone, going and we were getting forward with the development, we got the car better. We go to the Poland and, and I was fighting for the victory, but then we had uh, uh, we had a wrong tool inside the car, which went to the, to the, to the between the, the throttle pedal and the spring, or the spring of the throttle pedal and jammed it, uh, the throttle fully open. And, uh, and then I came to the chicane with the sixth gear and when the throttle was jammed, uh, I tried to go down with the gears with the clutch, but I burned the clutch. Then we went to victory, victory fight for that. Then uh, we had a problem with the engine ECU in in Finland. Uh, I retired up from the lead. Germany, I had a problem with the with the engine running on the in, in a, uh, on the on the rain. So three bad ra- rallies in a row. Then basically took me away the chances to fight for the for the championship. But at least I can be happy that end of the my carry that I knew that I that there, there was the one year that it didn't go wrong because of the mistakes that I, yeah. I was on the level to to fight for the championship. At what point did you realize that 
it wasn't going to happen. The championship title was never going to come your way. Was it when when you completely stopped driving? Did you still think there was a possibility, or was it before that at all? Uh, basically, uh, every year when you had a new year starting, you knew that you have a new chance. So that was always that you are always starting the year, and I have a chance to be a world champion. You know, you have that mm. feeling. Um, but then, uh, um, end of two thousand nineteen when I didn't get the contract for 2020, that was the moment that we basically hit you quite hard because that was the moment you realized that now it's gone. You, you don't, you are not gonna be a world champion. I had a small hopes, you know, I was thinking that, okay, if I could show my potential because I had my personal life in 2019 was completely um, upside down. And, and I couldn't perform because they were affecting for my, for my mind. Yeah. And, and then I couldn't ride very well. So then I couldn't get the seat uh, for 2020. And my hopes were for 2020 was that, uh, you know, that I tried to put my life back together and then I show potential in a couple of events. And maybe if I could get seat on 2021, you know, then I could do the comeback. But because the COVID came, um, we could only do Sweden, uh, but we had technical problems in Sweden. And then uh, the, basically the COVID came and, 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 and I had to do the decision then. Uh, then later in the year, you know, uh, couldn't do the events. Um, still meeting it about the personal life and, and about the future. Um, because the fact that when you are over 30 on my age, start to be like one of 36, you can be a smaller time away, but the longer the time goes and the longer the break is, the more difficult it is to come back. And if it starts to be more than six months, you start to lose the feeling for the driving. Yeah. You start to lose to that, that, that speed, you know, what is making you to push to the limits put, uh, and, and taking those little risks and, and, and you are that everything is like you're really alert and you can bring the car to the maximum, but you start to lose that. You don't lose the skills, but you lose that ability to boost the car maximum. And, and then that started to fade away uh, in 2020. And, and then you come to the decision that when I got the phone call from Toyota, they asked me to become a team principal. That was a shock. It was a shock, positive way. But that was the moment I had to fight 30 seconds with myself because I knew that I'm not going to be a world champion with the driver when I be when I become a team principal. Then it's then that last, you know, that last hope is is gone. And, and that decision you had to, you had to do. But I've been working with the mental coaches at the end of my career. And um, I had a um, Finnish guy, Nilo Kontin, and I worked with him. And before that, Christopher Treje. Um, with Nilo, I, 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 I understood with him is that it doesn't change me as a person if I'm world champion or not. It, it is something value which we, we want to achieve 
uh, we want to get from the sport and and we think as that it will change uh, uh, us as a person those if you are world champion it doesn't change your personality it doesn't change you as a person but of course you have something uh, which is for you on a personal side very important and of course people some people might see you that uh, that you're special because you're world champion but inside of yourself you are still the same it doesn't change you it's so right and i i have to commend you because you've been very open with the fact that you have been using mental health coaches it's so important yari Matty, for anyone not just for athletes for anyone mm-hmm. out there to be able to deal with you know what is going on in your mind and I, I think the more people talk about that the easier it is for people to to also express how they feel and you know you've been quite a big advocate of that over the what the past six seven years that's mm-hmm. been helping you yes yeah no it's um for me I felt that maybe sometimes it's if you use a mental uh, mental help for the mental mental side it's it's basically kept that you are weak no it doesn't mean that you're weak I mean it's like uh, it's a bit like you know if you don't see very well you know it's good to have a uh, glasses but it doesn't make, it doesn't make you weaker that your eyes is not that good you know you can correct it with the eyeglasses so it's it's an area where you can just correct it and fine tune and even uh, even improve yourself to, mm. to become mentally strong. Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, we are coming to the end now, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so, team principal of Toyota w- was a huge success for you this year. I can imagine, and I remember seeing you in Monte Carlo, and there was a little bit of a nervousness because this is such a different thing for you. But what I also noticed was this, it was like there were two Yari Matties. There was the team principal Yari Matty, and there was also the Yari Matty that was finding it a little difficult not to be jumping in the car because you're, <laughs> yes. you're, you're watching everything on All Live. You can see it. You can see the conditions. You do the reckeys on every event, so you know what it's like out there. You immerse yourself, and then they're asking you to sit behind a desk and watch the drivers do yes. that, which must be so hard. In uh, for sure, the the Monte Carlo this year was um, was exciting. Uh, it's a new new situation for me, but of course I was nervous because very different for me on to be on that side, uh, on the management side, and and I was always my carry being the driver, and uh, so I don't know how I need to approach, and I try to be a little bit would say stay away that I I don't. Uh, let's say try to say too much in the beginning and I just try to um, monitor and uh, and observe what is happening and but then step by step you know you start to understand and know the people in the team I mean I knew the people in the team but all a little bit different way also that you know uh, because you spend more time with them and then also the drivers how the drivers behave and and then step by step it started to get 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 better so um and now i mean i have to be honestly saying that it was an amazing season winning winning nine world championship rallies uh really great team effort but we were not necessarily we were not the fastest all the time uh like the springtime hyundai was stronger than us but our drivers were more consistent 
and probably with a little bit more luck, uh, we didn't have so much technical problems. And then they were decided they were deciding us that uh, was was giving us uh, some strength, and then eventually, yeah, winning the winning the championships. What what's been the hardest part of it? Has has it been watching and not being able to drive, or has there been a, a different element that you found tougher as a team principal? Mm, the, the difficulty is that you can't control it. You can't control it. When you drive yourself, you can control it. It's on your hands. But the only thing what you can do is to try to make sure that everybody feel good in with the team and the drivers feel good mm. and the drivers are happy when they go in the in the car. And 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 this is what I tried to as we, we, we touched this subject that I tried to be behave with the drivers the way I felt that you know I need support from the from the team manager, team principal, and the way that I was thinking about the driver, you know, what I want to hear or what what is the words would I would in, which would encourage me to 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 do well, and that mindset I've been trying to take with uh, with with the drivers. You said something in the uh, the final press conferences we did in Monza, which um, I want to ask you a little bit more about. You said that after the season working with. Seb with Elvin that you can see now why you didn't become a world champion so what did you see from what they were doing that you weren't doing the the focus with the energy things where they focus focus the energy uh, I was uh, using the energy too much for hesitation always trying to find the optimum uh, optimum setup, but not accepting the compromise. Uh, and then I was um, would say that I should have stayed more calm. I was too, I wasn't patient enough, and just didn't trust enough the decisions I did. I had a, in the beginning of a career, I think I was better, but at the end of the end of the career, it started to go worse because it's a bit like obsession, the world championship to you, that you want to win it. And, and you try to figure it out. You try to think over how, how, how you can get it. You know, you think over and over and eventually it's, it, it, it doesn't help. It just makes it worse when you start to think too much. And I could see this year with uh, some point with with Elvin, at the at the time you know when we were before Acropolis, I said to him that I can see you that you do the same things than now than me. You think too much. Now just forget, forget the thinking. Focus on the driving. You can't force the championship by forcing. It doesn't come to you. And this is the biggest mistake I try, I did then. I force it that I would get the championship, and then it went just more away from me yeah I, and but like I said earlier all this experience you've had over the years now you are able to pass on to all the drivers that will come through Toyota and that's that's a gift I know you might not see it as that right now but mm. it is it oh, is a gift thank you yeah I yeah it's difficult for, for sure myself to see it this way but yeah of course, the experience helps, 
and and uh, yeah, I tried to I tried to help people not to do the mistakes what what I, what I did. Now we have a few questions in from Twitter for you that I'm going to go through, and then we can can let you go, <laughs> and you can do your own thing. Um, what do you think the championship is going to look like in 2030? That's quite a while away, but what do you think the championship could look like then? I think I think we will have more rallies, but we will have short rallies. Uh, maybe we would have two-day events, and uh, we have we could have maybe 20, 20 world championship rallies. Um, but then logistically, they would be like like bit like in a, you know if it's like a rally cross you have one week and you are you're like the sweden now and then you go the next week into finland i think this what might happen is that the rallies are, are shorter but we have more more rallies um the cars is not necessarily hybrid anymore it will be powered with something something else uh, i think maybe hydrogen okay. something like that and um, but for the rest is still difficult to say that question was from auntie this is from john who says and i'm i'm keen to know this one considering you've driven so many what is your favorite rally car ever with the with the with the performance uh it is with uh is the toyota yaris um uh, world rally car the most where I would say I felt most relaxed. It was actually relaxed. It was relaxed. The driving was with the Ford Focus World Rally car. And uh, the most exciting has been the Audi S1. <laughs> That's a good answer. Uh, Frank, who I believe is in Argentina, says, would you like to race in some other events like Dakar or a Baja event cross country, would that ever interest you at all? Mm, Dakar a little bit, but it's not been so so massively on my mind. It's more I like I have mentioned this that I want to rallying is still for me the number one, mm-hmm. and I would I would like to do this historic uh, world championship. Uh, sorry, historic European championship uh, series with uh, with the Celica. But I'm waiting, I'm waiting that uh, they will step up and uh, the cars, because they are now up to 1990. And I, my, my dream is to run the car from the like 1993 with the Toyota Celica ST185, mm. if that will come to the story. Yeah, there's a question here about that from Karine, who says, would you make historic rallies? only in Finland or would you would you go to any European events because there's so many historic great historic rallies that you could compete in yes I honestly I want to but if I I was already planning a little bit that this year but honestly when I have this job I can't do the full series this is this is the fact I can do selected events but it's something you know that I can also look in the future that uh, you know, maybe something a bit older, you know, then mm. uh, if I'm not team principal, I can do this, but <laughs> I will keep driving. This is important that I will keep driving selected events and they can be like now, I hope with the COVID situation is helping. So yes, they will be 
out from Finland as well. But we will choose quite carefully the events which we will do. But the article is the, the, the starting point next year. Oh, excellent. Uh, now, I want to I want to gossip with you a little bit. Just just one question. <laughs> it's given something you said to me earlier about a driver. You know, if, if you're out of the events for so long, it's difficult to come back. The more events you're out of the WRC, it's difficult to come back and be on your game. So, Yari Matty Lapler, just between you and me, no one's listening, obviously, to this bit. Of course, they are. Uh, do you think Loeb is going to come back next year? Big silence. Um, I had heard rumors. <laughs> um, with the rumors, I would say no. But knowing him, I think he would, we would see him in a couple of events. Yeah. But the rumors are telling me that no. He's got such a big passion for, for rallying, hasn't he? I mean, he, he obviously went off and did different things and circuit racing, but he's always said that WRC gave him that high, that nothing is quite mm -hmm. compared to that. And you can certainly see it because he just keeps popping back up every now and yes. again. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So, like I said, it's difficult to know. No. Uh, yes, of course, you know, he, he, he did... Yes, amazing career, but it is more difficult when you get older, you know, to keep up the speed with the youngers. And nowadays, I would say they do so much video work, these boys, that is uh, like now myself, I felt that I, I couldn't come back anymore because just don't have that interest to do the video watching anymore mm. like these boys do. I just can't start it again, you know. I, I sort of get away from it and it's too difficult to, to start it. Yari Matty, um, you're in Japan right now, but you're going to be coming home for Christmas, yes? What what does the Yari Matty Christmas involve this year? We have a quite traditional with a family. We always go to the, to the Lapland, so we're going to stay in the Lapland uh, with, a, with a family. And uh, my sister, uh, my, uh, my parents, my sister, my sister's daughter, uh, Tia Maria, who also now said to me the other day, Yari Matty, I want to be a rally driver in the future. <gasps> He's 11 oh. years old. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's, we are maybe we are starting the training period quite soon with her. Uh, to try Amazing. To bring, uh, That's another Michel Mouton, you know. <laughs> that would be so brilliant. We want to follow that career for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, and uh, my sister's sister's um, a boyfriend. So, and we have two cats now. So, two of those cats are coming as well. So, yeah, I remember you being a big cat lover. Yes, the yes, twenty-one exactly. amazing, fascinating facts you told us on your twenty-first birthday were. Yeah, I think at the yeah. time you had something like seven cats. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like wow, that's that's busy. That's busy. Well, Yari Matty, thank you so much for for taking the time to talk to me about your career, and it's. I think you're at such a fantastic point in your career now, and. Everyone was a bit shocked when we saw the news that you were going to be team principal. It was like, wow, this is <laughs> this. And my phone was ringing off the hook that day. Have you seen the news? Have you seen the news? And it's just been a genius move by Toyota, I think, because you're the best person to be at the helm there for sure. So congratulations on your success. Thank you very much for your kind words. Enjoy your Christmas and I will see you very soon in Monte Carlo. Yes. Yeah, it's coming quickly. It's coming very quickly. It really is. Yari Matti, thank you very much. Thank you.
and uh, also have a good Christmas. It was very nice to talk to you. Thanks. Good. Thanks. Thanks, Thank everybody. Bye. 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 -bye. For more great World Rally Championship content, head to WRC Plus with its thousands of hours of archive footage and exclusive live programming, event review shows and extensive onboards. Special features too on some of the legends of the sport. This is all available at wrcplus.com, the digital online home of the World Rally Championship.